Welcome to Seller's Journey, the podcast where we speak to great sales reps and leaders and share their real stories from start to sales success. Hi, everyone. I'm Joseph Fung, and today we are speaking with John Moon. John, we know that you're an account executive at Kite, and we've had a chance to get to know each other uh, quite a bit over the the many months, Uh, but maybe you can help our audience. Where are you calling in from? Yeah. Hi, Joseph. Uh, I'm calling in from Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, halfway across the country from you. (laughs) Nice. And to, to kind of start at the beginning, where did you go to school? Where did you grow up? Sure. Yeah. So um, I grew up mostly in Vancouver. Um, uh, I come from an immigrant family. So my mother first moved to Toronto, uh, but we spent most of our uh, time here. And I went to the University of British Columbia and then went Mm -hmm. to law school in Minnesota. So law school, you started off studying law. I'm curious, uh, why the University of Minnesota? Uh, It's it's not exactly next door to, to UBC. Yep, that's true. Um, to be honest, uh, I applied to a number of different schools. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really, I didn't even know where Minnesota was, to be honest, uh, <laughs> when I applied. Um, but they were the best school, best rated. Um, they, they gave me some uh, scholarship options. So it made it very palatable for me. That's awesome. Now, earlier, we were speaking about kind of how, how careers get kicked off in interesting ways. Can you tell us a little bit what what sparked your interest in law? What got you started there? To be very honest, um, I meandered my way a little bit through uh, undergrad. So I started a, as a biology major. Didn't oh. really f- find that really um, clicked with me. Um, went into English literature. And then the law was, um, to be perfectly honest, it was something that my parents strongly encouraged me to get into mm. um, because my grades were there. Um you know, they felt like I had the analytical skill sets, um, you know, which I agreed with. And obviously, it was a way to make uh, a healthy living. I, I can empathize with that. Uh, the uh, kind of Asian Asian backgrounds often push into it. I remember uh, getting into engineering, uh, partially for similar reasons. So I can, I can definitely empathize with uh, the pressures and dynamics of those choices. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you, you studied law. Uh, you graduated, and uh, what did you end up doing after law school? Yeah, I ended up working as a claim attorney at uh, Minnesota Lawyers Mutual. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a legal malpractice insurance company, so a very specialized product uh, protecting lawyers from uh, malpractice claims. Interesting. And what does a claims attorney do? So it's a similar uh, position as any kind of claims agent. Mm-hmm. Um, claims, claims rep, but because it, it was a product being sold to lawyers and um, there were very complex legal issues involved, uh, they were transitioning from hiring non-attorneys into hiring attorneys um, for that position. Ah. Now, you were there for, for quite some time, uh, like a little over four years or something, right? Exactly. Uh, but you didn't stay there. Uh, it, you took a bit of a hiatus and traveled uh, help us understand, you know, what inspired that journey and, and where did you end up? Uh, so it was actually, the journey was, um, rather my impetus to start the journey 
was many years in the making. So even through law school, I was I thought, you know, this isn't quite right for me, I think, but maybe next mm-hmm. year will be better. Once I start working, it'll be better. Once I'm in a more senior position, it'll be better. Never really clicked. Um, so it, it just took me a while to just make that decision. Um, mm-hmm. I started off by uh, doing a bicycle tour um, around uh, around the world, really. Um, I bicycled about... Wow. Yeah, I ended up biking about 10,000 kilometers over three continents. Holy, yeah, there, there's no polite way to react to that. W- which continents? Uh, so I did the, I followed the Mississippi River up from New Orleans to Minneapolis. So that's in the US. Uh, mm-hmm. Western Europe from Frankfurt to Paris to London. And then I did Southeast Asia for a little while as well. Um Thailand, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, back to Thailand. Wow. Now, o- over that journey, are there any specific highlights that, that stick out to you? Uh, was it 10,000 10, kilometers? There, there's got to be some high points there. There's a lot of high points, a lot of low points. <laughs> uh, what I really remember is being so overprepared for the first, uh, the first journey, the first bit of the journey, and then realizing um, to let go. And just, mm. um, you know, do things on the fly. Uh, I, I, I remember I had printed out dozens, maybe even hundreds of pages of maps. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all useless because things changed. Wow. And, and you do this across Asia. You said you landed in Thailand and you got into diving in Thailand, right? I did. Um, I had... Uh, I had tried diving before, and then as my, um, well, towards the end of uh, March, uh, I forget the year now, but uh, towards the end of <laughs> around March, um, it, it was burning season. So uh, the smoke was really unbearable in Northern wow. Thailand. Uh, so I decided I got to quit. And I decided, I, I, I wondered what I could do next. And I thought, well, I like that diving thing. So let me try that out. <laughs> so you said it's burning season in Thailand. Can you can you explain that a bit more? I'm not familiar with that term. Yeah. So um, it, it just more and more every day as I was going, the smoke was thick in the air. And I wondered why, why is this happening? What I was told is that um, just as part of like an agricultural cycle, Mm-hmm. Um, it's normal for the farmers to just set their fields ablaze after harvest. Wow. Uh, and this was the time of year they would do it because it was dry season, I guess. Um, so it wouldn't be interrupted by the rains. Wow. So quite literally burning season, not, not just a euphemism for, for really hot weather, but actually burning. Uh, yeah, actually both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you've done law school. You're a claims attorney for an insurance company. You travel around the world, dive instructor, uh, but then you come back to BC and spend some time on a startup. Can you, yeah. can you tell us a bit around that decision, that journey, what that was like? Sure. Yeah. So exactly. So my kind of towards the end of my journey, my trips, um, I, I wanted to get back into something resembling real life, uh, mm. get, get back to Canada or, um, and I had a colleague, well, a friend from high school who was um, looking to uh, found a startup. And that's, um, we, we had collaborated a little bit before. And so we, we decided to try this out, come back to Vancouver with this project. That's fantastic. Uh, and 
you know, like a lot of startups, there's a, a journey, a lot of the lessons, uh, but you maintained that that kind of self-employed entrepreneurial angle and got more into events and marketing. Is that is that? Am I describing it right? Yeah, that's fair to say. Okay, can you tell me a bit around kind of what that business was like, what you were working on, what you were doing? Sure. Yeah. So it was a lot of so it was freelance work where I would pick up um, event marketing um, projects and. Honestly, it was anything from like a field manager, team lead, to even just uh, the staff level. Um, it mm. was it was fun. Um, lots of different kinds of events, big and small. Got to meet a lot of people, um, both uh, people I worked with, but also people. You know, it was public facing. So, and I got to present myself in different contexts, which was fun. Um, what I found challenging was that I, I found it not as um, I didn't find any progress in my work. Um, mm. So that's why I, I was looking for something different. So when you say progress, do you mean kind of personal development or longer term projects? Can you help us unpackage that a bit? Sure. Both really um, in terms of like a career progression. Um, it didn't seem like um, I, it didn't seem like I was getting anywhere, um, to be honest. And mm-hmm. um, either I had to jump into an agency role and become an account manager in that context, mm-hmm. um, which I felt um, not quite prepared to do uh, because of my background, um, or try something completely different. Okay. Which brings us to the idea of getting into sales. So, you know, interesting journey, you know, a lot ahead of you. What sparked the interest in getting into more of a sales role? Mm-hmm. So I, I did like the customer facing role. I like mm-hmm. um, solving problems for people in a collaborative way. That's, that's really when I get the little um, hit of joy <laughs> in my, in my professional life. Uh, so I, I remember that from my Minnesota lawyers mutual days as well, where, once some once a problem is resolved you know that that really brought joy to me so i had that vague sense of um that's what i wanted to be doing nice so we met as uh, you know in part of that uvaro program but maybe you can cast your mind back when you were out looking at options uh, and you first came across the uvaro program you know what what were you looking for when you were considering kind of a new career and a new direction? You know, what were you thinking and what was going through your mind? Mm-hmm. I knew I, you know, to be very frank, I, I did want more money than I was making. And I knew mm-hmm. I had the potential to, um, you know, contribute meaningfully to an organization mm-hmm. more than I felt like I was doing in the kind of freelance roles. Um, and what I was really looking for was something uh, where I could progress um, and see growth in my professional development at, at the same time as feeling like at each step I, I um, was making a difference. Now, in the program, uh, you, you speak a lot about kind of having more to, to offer. In the program, you're you know, incredibly successful. I mean, you you won the, the Demo Master Prize. It was you know, your classmates that refer to you as you know, the valedictorian of the class. You know, I'd love to hear what, what are the things that you think you did that uniquely set you up for success there? So if somebody else is embarking on a, a boot camp like this, uh, Yuvaro or otherwise, what can they keep in mind? 
I think the biggest secret sauce that I had, my unfair advantage, was um, being on West Coast time, which for me meant I had three hours extra in my day um, as long as I, you know, got up in the morning. Um, You know, to me, uh, putting in the hours is what really made the difference. So to, to clarify, can you can you explain for our audience what your daily routine was like while you were oh. in the, the program? Oh, of course. Yes. Um, so the program was run out of Ontario time. So it was 9 a.m. to 11. Um, very reasonable classroom time. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that meant it was 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. So I would get up typically around 5 a.m. to get ready for class and whatnot. Um, wow, that's just incredible diligence. I mean... I saw you in the program regularly, and even just hearing you say it, uh, I find it so impressive. <laughs> Thanks. Actually, you know, when I was a dive master, I typically woke up at 5 a.m., and I would work 28, 30 days a, w- a month. So uh, I think, to me, it just, uh, if I, if a program spoke to me, or, you know, if, if, if it was something that I enjoyed doing, then I didn't mind putting, up, putting in the hours. Well, there you go. That means, yeah, maybe there's an untapped opportunity for for dive masters uh, to get into sales through through boot camps. I honestly think so. There we go. Um, so you were you were saying you thought one of your your key advantages was being on the West Coast, uh, but it wasn't just the time zone. I think there was a lot of activities and you know a lot of behaviors that yielded success. Uh, I'd love to hear what did you focus on. You know, what did you make a real priority for yourself while you were in the program? My real priority was to, uh, so part of it was putting in the hours, but part of it was really buying in. So having that buy-in personally, um, I heard, you know, not necessarily from my colleagues, but uh, in the class, but uh, there were people who doubted, you know, what can the program like this do? Um, And to me, that was... uh, it didn't make sense to even ask those questions. You know, I, I committed myself to doing this. Uh, it only makes, I, I only have 12 weeks to take advantage of what you guys were offering. And so I wanted to uh, get as much out of it as possible. That's a fantastic perspective. Um, so thinking back on this, you've had an incredible journey, uh, you know, a ton of success. Now you're in your new role. Uh, if you were speaking to your younger self uh, and let's, Let's think about that time when you were choosing to go into law school. Um, what advice would you be giving your younger self? Oh boy! I mean, <laughs> uh, it's. I know it's a tough. It was a tough time for me in my life, where, uh, as it is for anybody, when you're around that age, uh, where you've been de- very dependent on your parents, and mm-hmm. they're still giving you a lot of direction, um, but. Maybe you don't feel like that's the right way. I would, I would encourage myself, my younger self, to um, to take that leap of faith and just do what I want to do. Nice. I, I love the recommendation. So, leaps of faith, drive, casting your eyes forward. Now, and you're still still early on in your journey. What do you aspire to accomplish? You know what. What's on your bucket list or, or what else do you aim to have, have done if you look in the future? In terms of my professional role? Professional or personal. You know, life, life is a mix. Sure. Um, what I really like about 
you know, the product I sell, uh, in the role I'm in, I, I feel like I'm making a big difference to the organization I'm in and to my customers. Um, I know having used other tools, um, it can be kind of a grab bag, uh, kind of a difficult thing to, um, to be in that sales role. So, um, I love being able to make that difference. Um, you know, casting my eyes into the future, I would love to, uh, continue to be involved with products that I really, uh, love and believe in. Um, yeah. Well, that's a, a fantastic segue. Let's go through a couple of rapid fire questions and then we can let you go back to things. Uh, you said you'd love to be involved in, you know, tools and, and software and products that you can believe in. So sales tools, what is your favorite sales tool? I really love LinkedIn <laughs> to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very quick way to uh, find out what the prospects are thinking. Awesome. And outside of profession, personally, movies. What is your favorite movie? Hmm. I really like the John Wick series. I like that the it's a very honest. It's just an action movie. You, the motivation doesn't really matter, and everyone can just agree on that. <laughs> I I love the series. I can't wait for the fourth. Personally. <laughs> so now thinking back to when you were younger, uh, you shared some of the motivation for getting into law, but as you were growing up, what did you want to grow up to be? An astronaut. Love it. Perfect. That's my choice too. So we're, <laughs> I feel like we're in, in good company then. John, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing. Uh, your journey is really unique and I'm glad that we got a chance to share it. Thanks so much, Joseph. Really uh, had a good time. <laughs> I'm looking forward to our next chat. I hope you have a, a wonderful afternoon. All right. Bye now, Joseph. Ciao.